0: Welcome back to another episode of CCW Insider, where you hear about the matches and stories from wrestling's last territory, Coastal Championship Wrestling. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling around the world. Once again, I thought we had Ariel Levy secured for this week's show, but once again, he has gone dark on us. So instead, I'm talking with one of the men that took the CCW World Tag Team Championships away from Ariel Levy and the South American Alliance. We have Johnny Nova for episode eight of CCW Insider, but here's the thing. Johnny and I spoke for a long time. So long, in fact, that I'm having to break the episode in half. So this week you're gonna get part one. In the first half of my interview with Johnny Nova, we talk about elevated status, winning the CCW World Tag Team Championships, what those belts mean to Johnny Nova, Nova's venture into celebrity boxing, and what his parents thought of him jumping into the wrestling business at the age of 15 years old. This is a great interview with CCW Tag Team Champion, Johnny Nova, and it starts right now. I'm talking with Johnny Nova, one half of Elevated Status, the new CCW World Tag Team Champions. Nova, along with his partner ERA, defeated the dominant South American Alliance at Bash at the Brew 16 earlier this month. Johnny, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ryan J. Glad to be here, man. I've uh, watched every episode in preparation for this, so I'm I'm ready for all your hard-hitting questions, but don't work me into a shoot, all right? (laughs) Do not work me into a
0: shoot. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, congratulations on winning those tag team championships earlier this month. Talk about that victory. You uh, know, is the ladder match right? So, what does that mean to you, to you to win those championships?
1: Uh, what it means to me is uh, a couple of things. Number one, I'm starting to figure out more and more who I am in this business. Um, I've been around the proverbial block of the, the indies a little bit now and uh, it seems everywhere i go uh i win tag team gold and i usually do it with someone that nobody's expecting me to they're usually a pretty boy they're usually you know someone you call your girlfriend's favorite wrestler but i've never had someone quite like Ernest r alexander before so what it means to me is i'm figuring out who i am now I think the fans are starting to figure out exactly who Johnny Nova is because I know there's been questions about that ever since I showed up to CCW. And personally, yeah, it's just it's it's a, it's an honor. I, I've this, CCW is one of the only companies I worked for down here. I don't I don't like being the type of guy that just shows up, uh, you know, just anywhere to wrestle. We have a bump card in this business, and uh, you know, um, I don't want to get hurt. Doing something that I'm not completely sure about, but Coastal Championship Wrestling gives me the opportunity to be creative, the opportunity to to show what I can do with a wide variety of other talents, and to you know get the the rocket strap, so to speak. Here, it's it's a huge honor, and I, I take a lot of pride in it, and I'm gonna do my best to not just fill the shoes of the south american alliance but rip them open like clown foot style through the front because i think elevated status is exactly that elevating the status of the ccw tag team championships the tag team division and thus the company as a whole and i cannot wait to get underway at the next bash show honestly it's i'm pumped
0: so now you guys you and and era who you just brought up you were only a tag team for about a month Really technically you like
1: you could argue that we weren't a tag team even up until that ladder match like once the bell rang like they're, oh they are a tag team now yeah like, yeah we 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 he had he had I don't know he had uh, been my manager or second so to speak at a bash match against Ariel Levy the month prior and we had uh, you know came at, came out together in unison shown that unification and uh we had the six man tag team match at breakout uh either just prior or just after that uh, with uh, Malik Avalon, Gangrel, and SAA, but I think you can make the argument we didn't we we did not have one tag team match. If if the fans would remember, ERA earned himself a title opportunity, and instead of doing what everyone thought he was going to do, going after uh, you know the World Heavyweight Champion or going after the South America uh, South American excuse me Southeastern Champion. Or the Cruiserweight Champion, because ERA, he can cut or he can bulk. He's just like me. He's like a lot of those guys that you see in Japan that can make those transitions very easily. But he didn't do that. He went for the tag team titles, and then you take it a step further. What's next? Oh, well, who's his partner going to be? Someone else like him, a pretty boy? Maybe someone that's, uh, you know, like a, like a bodyguard type deal? No. He did it once again what nobody expected him to do. And he chose Johnny Nova to be his tag team partner. And when he first approached me, you know, we we had uh, we'd fought in the ring together before. It was a hard-hitting match. And you know there's certain guys you work with when you're in there. You know whether or not you would want them on your side if you were in, you know, a tag team match or a multi-man match or anything like that. ERA, to me, was one of those guys. And because of that, it did not take me long to consider how much success we would have as a tag team, especially right off the bat with that title opportunity that he was guaranteed. And once again, it was an honor to be chosen by him to to fill that role. And once again, taking it a step further, our first match together is a ladder match. And we do once again what nobody expects, dethroning the champions who are how long? Two years
0: almost? 16 months, 50 title defenses. 16, 50 title defenses.
1: And, you know, I uh, we, we we chose the proper stipulation by attacking with that ladder. We knew that they would decide to want to make it a ladder match to prove whatever point they were trying to prove. We didn't have to pin or submit them. And at the end of the day, we walked out with the title. So we just keep doing what nobody expects. And uh, I think that's something people are going to have to keep in mind as the future rolls on here.
0: So you talked about sort of like the decision-making process of like coming together as a tag team and, and that's all good. Like, you know, you have some mutual goals and things like that, but it's still really impressive that like on your first outing as a team, you come up with these titles. So what, what is it about the two of you that just meshed that well on that night? And, and now you're the tag champions. What, Um, I I don't
1: think it, it pertains specifically to that night. I think it goes all the way back to the beginning of both of our careers. I think that we both have been put in positions that we haven't wanted to put in before. And we have a lot of the same feelings, a lot of the same aggression building up in a sense that, like, people don't expect certain things out of us. And as a performer, that's insulting. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm respectful towards everyone, but I've, I've heard it on commentary, different places I've been, oh, he's unassuming. You know, I've heard people say, like, oh, ERA's the guy, like, you don't want to lose to. Like, that's like, come on, nobody wants to hear that. And I don't think people should be saying that anymore, mainly because we are the tag team champions. But tag champions or not, we've proved now that we can exceed expectations, and Certainly. there's th- th- that's the reason we meshed that well that night. That's the, me- the reason we're going to continue to mesh that well, because we walk in there with a chip on our shoulder, and we're going to do this until the wheels fall off, because there's there's no other reason to be doing it. I don't understand. Like, I, yeah, I've been here just, I think this week, May 17th or 18th, 2021, is when I walked into CCW and faced Jake Tucker for the first time. That was the first time CCW saw Johnny Nova. In one year, I have challenged for every single championship and came that close until the tag champions are around my waist now. And I don't think. A lot of guys that come here can say they had that much success in that short a period of time, especially. And I know there's guys that have been here since the beginning, long tenured individuals in the South Florida championship title scene. And I respect the hell out of them. But if you are not here to exceed them, then what in the hell are you doing here? That, that, cause that, I, that, I, so to go back to your question, that's why ERA and I succeed the way we do in big pressure situations like that. And you're going to continue to see that as time
0: rolls on. So the two of you come together, you form the name Elevated Status. And I know you kind of used it in your, uh, you know, in, in your description of what, what's going on here. Uh, how did that name come about? Was that was that a meeting between the two of you? And you said, this is what we're going to do. So that's what we're going to call ourselves. I, th- yeah.
1: I, I think it was just something that happened organically. I mean, we're, we're both two human beings, you put a microphone in front of our face, we're going to yap our mouth out, case in point, right now. But I think it just came to the point where we knew. I I think I said something on the lines of uh, the, the South American Alliance at the time they were tag team champions. We were down in Homestead about a month ago and I said, they... They were what sixteen month tag team champions, fifty title defenses, nearly two years on top, and they were bickering and arguing at the time. And of course, you saw what happened at Bash '16. Tragic, it is what it is. But I mean, they were they were not acting like tag team champions, and to us, that meant the status of the tag team championships was was at all time low. We call ourselves the Last Territory here, as I said. They're acting like a bunch of perros barking back and forth, and. does a pedal do to his territory he pisses on it and that's exactly what they were doing era and i we wanted to pull those titles out of that puddle of piss and elevate the status of them and that's exactly what we're doing you saw us uh, just this past saturday night at a celebrity boxing event with black china run by bitcoin rodney we're talking about like red carpet national names here not just coastal so we are bringing the tag team championships and thus ccw to a new elevated status. It's it's exactly what's happening. That's why we came up with the name. It happened organically, and it, it's that's
0: that's that's where the best things in wrestling
1: come from. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, organically.
0: And Now you brought up just now celebrity boxing. Talk about your involvement there. What because this, this is this is
1: honestly what it goes back to. It was a surprise to me too. I never thought I'd do anything like celebrity boxing. Uh, as far as my like athletic background outside of professional wrestling. I played almost every sport under the sun growing up, tried a bunch of them, didn't like them because they were not professional wrestling. That includes amateur wrestling. It just didn't give me the same feeling. It didn't have the grandeur, the pageantry, the pomp and circumstance. You know all the everyone said it before. Pro wrestling is what it is because it's pro wrestling. There's nothing else like it. There's genres within pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is not a genre of anything else. And uh because of my respect for that, like I was never interested in any other sports. But as through my twenties, uh, I decided I, I had to take a hiatus from wrestling, and I explored acting for a while. I did some a few different things with independent films. I did theater. Uh, it helped me a lot with professional wrestling and just uh, pr- approaching it with a new perspective. And I, I think just my overall body of work, while nothing that you're gonna you know browse my IMDb for hours for, it it's there's something there that Damon Feldman saw. Uh, Damon Feldman also being a Delaware County native where I'm originally from back in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I think, uh, you know, he saw another Delco man trying to, you know, scratching and call, clawing for opportunities out there. I had the acting experience. I have the professional wrestling experience now on a completely north to southeastern level. Why wouldn't you want to put me in the ring with some celebrities to, you know, I, I go back. I, it, may, it reminded me of Roddy Piper and Mr. T. It reminded me of like butter being and Bart Gun. However, whatever opinion you have on that, like these are things that we remember. You're nodding because you remember them, and I wanted to do something like that. Um, back in October, I had a fight with their middleweight champion Josh Colon. and uh, you know it wasn't once again not like anything anyone expected. I got knocked on my ass in that fight. Am I a boxer? No, I got knocked on my ass in that fight. But you know how I got up? I didn't just get up at the count like everyone else did. I did a you know Shawn Michaels Waba, kip up. <laughs> And the whole crowd came alive. They didn't remember me getting knocked down. They remember me getting back up. Dark Knight reference, by the way. Why do we fall so we can continue to get back up? And I knew that could be a moment in the match. If I get caught here, at least I know how to get up in a way that's going to bring that pro wrestling flavor to celebrity boxing. You know, like, Black China's coming in with that, like, you know, almost – that she's 16 million followers on Instagram. What else there's for me to say? She, she brings that flavor, that influence to celebrity boxing. You have other athletes like Rashad Evans coming there. You got Caitlyn Jenner showing up there who is going to bring in a completely. That just brings like a whole nother flavor to it because you get, you just got controversy and drama and all that stuff. The flavor Flav coming in. What the hell is he going to do? There's a, there's a lot going on there. And, I think that I can play a big role in that facilitating pro wrestling to another audience, facilitating coastal championship, wrestling to another audience and showing everyone of exactly what Johnny Nova could do the unexpected. So that's, that's the deal with celebrity boxing. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it and uh,
0: you know, and it is a it, lot of fun. It kind of goes back to elevated status. Like you said, Elevating you know, the status. Exactly. Of all the organizations you're involved with.
1: Exactly. Uh, Because, you know, celebrity boxing, I think a lot of people that haven't been familiar with professional wrestling, maybe not in a long time or ever in their lives, they see me, they look me up, they see Coastal Championship Wrestling. They see that's in South Florida where the, you know, June 11th, Fort Lauderdale, that's where uh, Joe Rubo and I are going to have our flight. that's, that's, That's a whole new set of eyes on CCW. CCW sees me on celebrity boxing. That's a whole new set of eyes on celebrity boxing. And I, I I don't think that should be underestimated.
0: No, I, I agree. So you briefly talked about, you know, trying all these different, you know, you tried all the sports when you were a kid. Um and you and you were not you were not really attracted to them because they they weren't pro-wrestling. So obviously you were a wrestling fan growing up. Uh who what are some of your who are some of your like inspirations or your favorites from you know that era that kind of inspired you? Uh, As far as
1: just professional wrestling? Yeah. Um, I could start at the beginning. Uh, My brother took a Barney the Dinosaur tape and recorded SummerSlam 95 over it. I was two years old. Shortly after that happened, I went to go popping that tape because I knew how to work it back then. Little little kids have been growing with technology for a long time now. And, uh, you know, it was right on, like, the beginning of the Sean Razor ladder match, the second one. And I don't know why I just never really like it. Never had captured my attention when he had been watching it before. My older brother in the background. Shout out to Ryan, by the way. Pure mass. Let's go. But um, yeah, I it something about Shawn Michaels' entrance with like the shadow and like who the hell is that? Razor Ramon coming out. Everything like everything sparkling on him. And then like what they gotta climb a ladder to get this thing down? Like I was a two year old. I loved climbing at the time. There was just a lot of things that clicked in that moment, I decided whoever wins this match is going to be my favorite wrestler. And it was Shawn Michaels. And I just, when, when he stepped away for a few years, the rock captured my attention big time again. And like, I just started to hate guys like Kurt Angle and triple H. And then later on when, you know, we were talking like ruthless aggression. I, I loved Batista. I loved the undertaker, a guys like Mr. Kennedy, Booker T. Like they, they kept, they kept me captivated after the Rock had, had gone. And then uh, I started my pro wrestling training around that time uh i i was scratching clawing, looking for the first people that would train me since i was like 14 honestly i would send emails to different pro wrestling schools just wondering like what's the soonest i could start do you have lot? like i just wanted to get out of where i was at the time and just wrestle and it was it, it's just that's all i wanted to do since i was a, a, a very very little kid and uh as far as the influences go leading up to that uh the the big three for me i would say now looking back would be chris jericho cm punk and then it's just like you gotta for me like undertaker and Shawn michaels are just like this like this glue that sticks together like throughout my like fandom as a child that really kept me captivated and really in love and obsessed with wrestling
0: i love that um that when i asked you the question you went to that ladder match, mm-hmm. and, then, and and what's what's cool about that is we were just talking about your big ladder match win, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> it, So it, that's something so, I do keep close to the chest. But like you know, when these like when like that that match got announced, I was like, oh. And like honestly, like when Sean had left like in '98, I kind of like I was I would play with my action figures while it was on in the background, and like my stepdad and my brother would be watching it. But I wasn't really captivated by anyone too much because, like, I'm at the time, like, six, seven years old, and Stone Cold's on there giving people middle fingers and beer and all that. And, like, my mom's like, oh, you shouldn't be watching that. But then I, I, but I was still, I was still in love with wrestling. I just wasn't captivated, was on there at the time. But I will say, WrestleMania 17, I, I, there was another one where it was like, we had to watch it. I had to be there for it. I wasn't into too much, but then that triple threat tag team TLC match. Like, that was another thing where it's like, oh, now I'm, like, really interested in, like, mid-card wrestlers now. Because, like, the Hardy Boys, Edge and Kirsten Dudleys, they killed it that night off of the tag team championships. And then, yeah, to be able to sit here and look at that and remembering ERA ripping it down right above me after I went through a freaking table off of a ladder. It, it, it's cool how certain things seemed on full circle, if you believe in that sort of thing. And uh, that goes back to my time even at H2O in New Jersey. Uh, my, one of my first big wins was in a ladder match to get, earn a shot for their hybrid championship. And I had one of my best matches. It, it, it's still to me, one of my favorite matches in my heart, deep down at uh, lucky third against lucky 13. You might've seen him on GCW before excellent performer. And, uh, that goes back once again to another ladder match. So yeah, ladder matches have kind of been a, a, theme of mine throughout my life in, in and out of wrestling as a fan and as a, as a performer, there's something that I think it's like the Royal Rumble, and nobody is gonna complain about a ladder match. Like everyone loves the Royal Rumble. You're gonna want to see like a Hell in a Cell. You know what I mean? Like there's there's certain things, and a ladder match being something that it, maybe I might be associated with one day, like Shawn Michaels, the Hardy Boys, Razor Ramon, Edge. That that's something that that's something that definitely appeals to me, and uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna keep on winning ladder matches. You know, sure. I'm gonna keep on winning ladder matches. <laughs>
0: Now you said that you were writing uh, letters to wrestling schools at the age of fourteen. Yeah. Uh, when did you get to start? Oh, so. Um, and who took you up on the uh, on the uh, offer? To I you?
1: I actually was approached because um, I was I was approaching a lot of major schools across the like North America. I remember reaching out to the Storm Wrestling Academy. I remember reaching out to the Harley Race Wrestling School in uh, uh, Missouri. Uh, Gangrel school way back when. So like, beginning once again things coming full circle. He, he was it was like Storm, Gangrel, Hardy, uh, uh, Harley were three the big three that I really wanted to hit. Um, and that they didn't end up happening until much later. But uh, the first people that took me in, I was approached at school by a guy named Cameron Chris Kula, I didn't even know he had any involvement in professional wrestling or anything at all. He was like more like into like the fan scene, like rock and metal and stuff. He was doing like sound work for a guy who had a license to run shows in the state of Pennsylvania, so therefore had a wrestling company of his own, obviously. You're going to take advantage of that. They were American Championship Professional Wrestling, ACPW. Um, I remember driving up to South, South Philadelphia, Broad Street with my dad, and uh, a partner of mine, Nick Cox, uh, we went to high school together. We, we went through the business. There a, lot, a lot of ups and downs together. And uh, I, that's, a, that's a story for another time. But uh, we walked in there at 15 years old. Um, we met with Legrand Jackson, a.k.a. Onslaught. He was the head trainer at their school at the time. It was a hybrid professional wrestling and boxing gym. The boxing side of things is run by a uh, famous like, cut man named joey i he had done some like acting and stuff but he was a cut man for a lot of boxers that were on like hbo at the time and showtime boxing he had to have like a small part in the, the rocky movie at the time so it felt like this huge big deal to me um and we had certain guys like shane hagdorn alex payne uh Pelly primo who were working ring of honor shows at the time that would come and help us out there so it was it was a lot of fun shahima lee who uh, eventually would go on to ring of honor as part of coast to coast I, I, Frankie Furza, I remember helping me out a lot. And, um, sadly, what ended up happening was my head trainer, Legrand at the time, uh, about like six months into my training, got in a pretty nasty car accident and just could, uh, could not return to the gym for a while. So like things just kind of spun out of control and it just became like an open ring type thing. And for like a few years there, I just kind of would help build the ring. I paid, I paid my dues, you know, built the, built the ring, turned down the ring, uh, been there with the truck driver. I had my license at the time, but I drove with the truck so many times, uh, over the course of three years with ACPW, and uh, that's that's where I got my start, yeah, South Philadelphia.
0: That's certainly a wrestling town for sure,
1: definitely. Yeah, I was uh, growing up like being a little too young for UCW, but then like knowing yeah. about that lore, though, you know, it, it's 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 a, it's a little bit of pressure coming out of there, being like a guy from up there, but I i i love coming from there, I love Philadelphia, love South Philly. The wrestling scene up there always thriving.
0: Yes, and it's it's. I've been to shows at the twenty three hundred arena. It's a special crowd. Same. <laughs> yeah, you're it's there. so
1: hot. I don't know if they have air conditioning yeah. now. It used to be so goddamn hot, and there's just beer and sweat and just oh man. Uh, there, there's a specific vibe about that building. It's like the way Steve Austin like talks about the Sportatorium, and like guys, certain guys talk about like Madison Square Garden, Tokyo Dome, Corrigan Hall. The ECW arena, 2300 arena, whatever you want to call it, The Alhambra, they used to call it. Classic, classic arena. I hope it never goes
0: anywhere. Love that place. Okay, so you're 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, what did parents think of you training to be a wrestler at 15? Parents, grandparents, what the people around you, what did uh, they think?
1: I think the, the, like a snap reaction to it would be like, absolutely not. But then I think like as someone who has like grown now and like I, I worked with kids for three and a half years, so I have a new perspective on like raising a child. Uh, I think they thought maybe like I mentioned earlier, I tried all those different sports, nothing was sticking. Maybe we just let him try this. He does he won't he won't, you know, he'll come home in six months and not want to do it anymore obviously was not the case even when i wasn't getting you know booked per se on like shows i would help build the ring for different promotions like not just acpw we rent out our ring to like a, a tcw in new jersey which was kind of like an nxt in the 90s to ecw in in a way they would use a lot of ecw talent and pick guys from there to put on ecw and uh building the rings for them and different promotions around like kind of up in that allentown area and um so yeah, it was uh, quite, the, quite the experience there as far as uh, the parents' reaction to it. They, 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 I, I was traveling a lot more for the first time in my life. I was coming home with a bunch of bumps and bruises. I'm extremely pale, as everyone knows. So I'm coming home with rope marks across my back, and they're just like, he'll quit any day now. I, I think that was genuinely the attitude. As much as I, I love my parents, I, I don't think that they ever necessarily believed that it was something that I would stick with or especially now – at you know, 29 years old, still doing to this day, and after that five years absence, taking care of my grandfather, um, I once again coming back to it, do it, keeping keep on going, keep on elevating. It's uh, it's something I wish my mom was still around to see where I'm at now, and um, it's uh, my grandfather too. I, w- I wish, I wish he could. He, my grandfather is a huge boxing fan, so if he could see me doing professional wrestling and doing the celebrity boxing now. I think, like, looking back, it's a lot of, like, doubt. It's a lot of, I don't think this is going to work. What are you thinking? Delusional was thrown around a lot. But I I fought through that. I mean, like, it's hard when your family doesn't necessarily – support you and your hopes and dreams and what you want to do. And, and like, be, you start thinking about it, like, do they even believe in me? If I wanted to do anything, yada, yada, yada. So that's like thinking about that. There's some negativity there, but it's, it's something that I've worked past climbed over gotten past. I'm down in South Florida now so far away from where I started doing so many more things that I, I even thought I would never even do. And, uh, I'm thinking like, they would be very proud of where I'm at now. And, uh, they would definitely be rooting me on now it's just it it was it i i was scrawny pale little redheaded kid that didn't play any sports (laughs) and got bad grades in high school i don't i don't blame them for for for, thinking that but i will say it was was definitely a challenge of my own to overcome so uh, it's cool reflecting on that now
0: i think it's been uh so doing the math here about 14 15 years you've been in the, in Which, the yeah team. i
1: would say uh getting close to 14 definitely at least 13 and a half this. but i would say it was like october 2008 is when i started my training i had my first match like two weeks later because it was just like oh we need bodies for a battle royale it's like all right i got shorts and wrestling shoes let's, let's <laughs> do it like cm punk ring of honor attire here. let's just go out there
0: well that's our show thanks so much to johnny nova who was a great guest and remember We have another episode covering Johnny's journey from 15-year-old kid training outside of Philadelphia to CCW World Tag Team Champion. In that part of the interview, we will hear how Johnny learned from guys like Harley Race and Booker T. So drop us a comment on who else you would like to see on this show. Follow us on social media, on Minutes to Bell Time on Facebook and Instagram, and on Minutes to Bell Time on Twitter. Be sure to watch a live wrestling every Tuesday on the CCW YouTube channel and follow Coastal Championship Wrestling on Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next week. You have been watching CCW Insider, produced by Minutes to Bell Time in association with Coastal Championship Wrestling.